So, if you've listened to this podcast before, you'll know words like feature quite heavily. So, if you've got kids listening or you're easily offended, I'd highly advise you to Hello, I'm Cathy Burke and welcome to this scorched corner of the podcast sphere where the fires are raging, the heat is relentless and there's only ever a dribble of water left in your bottle. It's a place of eternal dehydration. Oh, I'm absolutely starving. What's on the menu for lunch, chef? Ah, dry toast and a medley of crackers. Lovely. Welcome to... As we crawl on our hands and knees to the end of the tunnel of life, it's time to welcome our guests to this final full stop. While some podcasts find a safe space to talk about their most embarrassing encounters, we talk about how and when you're going to die. Don't look so glum, it's only downhill from here. And joining us today to talk about their perfect funeral is the rather marvellous Jack Whitehall. Jack, Jack, Jack Whitehall. Oh, oh, you get an extra little Jack, Jack, I suppose, because your first name's quite short. Yeah, So I like that jingle. How are you, my friend? I'm very good. It's lovely to see you. Last well, time I saw you, I was watching you in a house of TikTokers and enjoying that. Oh, was that on one of my documentaries? <laughs> on one of your documentaries. One of my groundbreaking no, Horizon-type yeah. documentaries, where I basically call everyone a cunt. <laughs> yeah, I loved it. <laughs> well, I think the last time we met personally was at our mutual friend Pippa's wedding. Yes. Which is a long time ago. I think that was pre-pandemic, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She came in on a horse. She did. Oh. Our, our beautiful friend listener, Pippa. Yeah. She's not shy, but she's not exactly a showy-offy sort of no. person. And then we went to a wedding in France, and uh, she fucking appeared on a on a horse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And see, and most of us didn't know anything about this. And and I am such a control freak. Yeah. You know, I kept on being told this is a surprise. It was giving me the right ump jack because I was oh, like, really? oh, I was like, what fucking surprise? What's going on? Yeah, What's yeah. going on? So it was quite beautiful. You, you and several beautiful young men <laughs> walked in first, let, yeah. sort of led her in, yeah, yeah. and then she appeared on this magnificent white horse. Yeah. I mean, I liked, I mean, not that it's an original idea necessarily, but I think I maybe slightly inspired her because I had a tour that she was sort of involved in where I entered the stage on a horse and oh. thought that that was a marvellous idea, although I nicked it off Billy Crystal, so, you know, right. nothing's original. No, it's and, all nicked. Uh, yeah, which was a great idea at the time, but then the reality of having to travel around the country <laughs> with a horse <laughs> and a horse wrangler and a... I've, I've never done it since. Right. It's also, you know, very much a one-trick pony. Yes, <laughs> I'm not sad to speak. <laughs> and uh, talking to touring, you've got another tour going on, haven't you now? Yes, yeah, yeah. A horseless tour this time round, and yeah, I'm I'm about to kick it off, and yeah, I'm on the road for three months touring the UK in the summer. I've never toured in the summer as well, which I'm kind of looking forward to. Normally, I do it in January when it's all a bit grim and everyone's doing, you know, um, dry Jan and right. you know, the, getting dark at three o'clock in the afternoon. So mm. I'm I'm looking forward to to being on the road in the summer and going around when people are you know up for it and enjoying. Lovely, and I suppose people can go on 
onto your website on your doings to get all the list of the touring dates and yeah. it, because you've added some more in and yeah, yeah, yeah. due to high demand darling. due to high demand indeed good and then the other thing we need to talk about you've got another movie coming out you're doing quite a lot of movies in America Jack yeah How's that? Until the wheels come off. Yeah, 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 I've got a movie called Robots, which is coming out. Uh, It's like a sci-fi romantic comedy with this great actress called Shailene Woodley. And uh, yeah, just what I needed. I've been doing lots of kind of family-friendly movies and I was very pleased to suddenly be doing... Yes. Doing films where I can say cunt. Yes, exactly. Where you could be a grown-up. And part of my research at the weekend... I did watch Clifford the Big Red Dog, <laughs> <laughs> which which I still quite enjoyed. Actually, it felt a little bit padded and rip off a yeah, little yeah, yeah. bit, yeah, a definitely. little bit. That's what they were going for. Oh, lovely! Well, I look forward to seeing Robots. But before Robots, you know what's happened to you? You're fucking pregnant, mate. Before uh, oh, before this man. movie's come out, so I just want to talk to you. Before you died, what was your last supper? My last supper, mm. I think probably I'd have my mother cook me something. Oh, Wonderful no. chef, Hilary Whitehall. I'm sure she'll feature heavily in the funereal plans, mm. uh, but she would also probably make me my last meal, Sunday roast. Wow. Yeah. Although it's a point of contention that I went for Sunday lunch at my sister's house the other day and she cooked Sunday lunch, mm. which I think might have been better than mine. <sighs> So you're I saying can't even that. say that. I you're can't saying even, it so quietly. So well, you can still hear it. I can't. I, so Molly's Sunday lunch is no, better I'm than right, your mum's. I want to roll this back in already. <laughs> like, that's going to make... It's too the late, Jack. You're going to get family slapped. Family dinner's so awkward. Uh, no, they were they were equally good. They're both mm. equally good chefs. Nice. So you can have Mar- Mars Sunday roast. Yeah. Right. So I think we will go on to... The Death. So, we flash forward in this fantasy world, Jack. Yeah. What happened? If I'm an older person and Mm. I've got to, like, 80, I think I would just have a massive cocktail of drugs and I would have all the drugs that I hadn't tried Mm. and I would just go, you know what, fuck it. I don't want to die thinking what if or I wonder what that was like and I would just try them all. Mm. It's quite interesting that, isn't it, that... You know, people often... I think Paul Whitehouse as well said he wants to jack up on a load of heroin before he pegs it. Why are we so interested in drugs, do you think? I think there's a chance that maybe I would have tried all of them by then anyway. Yeah. But had I not, then I just... I don't know. I feel like you might as well. If I was in, like, an old people's home and Mm. quite bored... And I had access to probably quite good healthcare. Think I had a toilet. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know where you're going to be... get all this from an old people's home. I mean, who's who's? How are you going to get hold of a dealer? I don't think you'd end up in an old people's home anyway, Jack. But I could be in that nice old, old one that all the actors go to. Oh, you'd be in the posh one. The posh one. What's yeah. it called? Um, something Hall. Something Hall. Uh, Derwent Hall. Derwent Hall, and it's where yeah. Del Goddess Charlie. Can we find can, out the name of it? Can you Google dead actors home? <laughs> <laughs> and it's where all the old carry-on stars and, That's you it. know... Denville Hall. Denville Hall. And it's yes. where all... Basically all my dad's old clients and they're all in Denville Hall. 
And, and does does Michael White does he visit quite yeah, a lot? I have to Denver go to Denver or, yeah, for yeah. the day. Yeah, he's yeah. off to Denver for the day <laughs> to see someone that's forgotten that they fired him probably and is happy to see him again. And so yeah, I would be in Denver Hall with all the old lovies, mm. and I would be able to have a nice chair that I could go to the toilet in, and lots of. Uh, nurses on standby and I would call a dealer and he would come around and he would give me a massive cocktail of drugs. Lovely. And it would be great. I think that sounds like a very nice nice very way nice to go. Very nice way to go. A grand old manor house full of a load of thesps. Lovely. Getting wasted. And how do you think the public are going to respond? Fuck me. See, with these teeth missing. <laughs> Jesus. I just tell the listener, I'm going through dental work at the moment. And I've got a very big pirate gap at the side <laughs> that makes me do a lot of sort of spitting and farting. Yeah, with if my you mouth. hear any whistling. But um, anyway, the public response, Jack, what do you think? Well, hopefully, and I, this is going to make me sound like a bit of an egomaniac, but I imagine I'm not the first to have sounded like that on this podcast. I, my, my major concern is that I just don't die on the same day as anyone else more famous than me. Yes. And I have, have thought about that before. Okay. I've been on, like, planes, and I was on a plane the other day with um, Brian May, and oh. all I could think was that if this plane goes down, then he's it's all going to be about him, yeah. and he's going to get the front page, and I'm probably not going to be till like, page six or seven. <laughs> and so I just want to make sure that if I do die, I, I just get at least 24 hours where the news cycle's about me. <laughs> I need the column inches. Well, you know what? I, I'm totally with you on this because uh, I was on a flight last year or the year before, I can't remember. Anyway, and Olivia Coleman yeah. was on the same flight. Yeah. And I thought, well, fuck that. If, if we go down, yeah. that's it. It's all going to be about Dame Olivia. Yeah, yeah, And no yeah, one's yeah. going to give a shit about me. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Especially the Daily Mail, page eight, probably say good. <laughs> that horrible foul woman yeah. has perished good <laughs> I hate that those thoughts go through my head though and I've had other experiences where I haven't had what is the correct response to like a traumatic experience I the closest I've ever come to death I was in a car accident um, a really bad car accident um, my friend was at the wheel and we were in Norfolk driving late at night, icy roads, and he came off the road and the car rolled like four or five times oh. and we got out of the wreckage of the car. I was in a seatbelt, thank God, but the whole like roof of the car had like caved in and it was right next to my head. Had I not been wearing my seatbelt, I would be dead. And uh, we got out of the wreckage of the car and then we looked back and we had literally managed to like weave our way through five massive trees and again like an inch or so to the left or to the right we would have all been dead and got out of the car and obviously my first thought was thank god i'm alive and thank god my friends are alive and everyone's okay but then within like 10 minutes i was thinking my dvd's out this week (laughs) And think how many more copies I would have sold had we <laughs> hit one of those trees or had I not been wearing my seatbelt. And then for the rest of the week, that's all I was thinking about when these sales came through from my agent going, <laughs> you've only done 20,000. I was like, that would have been like at least 60,000 if they'd known that this was the last ever DVD. Unbelievable, Jack. But then you wouldn't have got the money. No, I know, but... I would have sold more than Michael McIntyre, <laughs> more than Mickey Flanagan. 
I mean, they say that stand-ups are very competitive, but <laughs> I, I, I think that's taking it a bit far. No, but it was back in the day when it was like the, the DVD charts and every day you were just like <laughs> looking at them thinking, oh, if I'd only sold 5,000 more, then I would have done more than Kevin Bridges. It was very competitive back then. And I'm glad to say now, I don't think that would have happened. Well, no. And, not, and DVDs, I mean, most of the kids I know, now they don't, don't, they don't know what they are. They don't know what the fuck they are. No, it's all about TikTok now. And online. And I'm fine because I've got a lot more TikTok followers than Michael McIntyre. Have you? <laughs> yeah. But I suppose oh, you're a bit younger than him. <laughs> yeah, he's obviously not on TikTok. Oh, then, well, there you go. <laughs> there we are, yeah. I think if Michael McIntyre was on TikTok, he, he, <laughs> he would. he'd blow the roof he off, would. mate. He really would. Okay. What about your colleagues? How do you think they would respond to the news of your death? Um, my friends and family would probably be upset. I mean, I'm not going to lie, I feel like my dad is quite an ambitious man and he would probably be moving in on quite a lot of (laughs) the territory that I've occupied professionally Uh just to check to see whether there was any way of, you know, carrying on some of my podcasting work or, you know, there's definitely a conversation that would be had were I to die between my dad and my promoter going... Maybe I could do some of these dates. <laughs> do we need Jack? I mean, the tickets have all been sold. Maybe me and Hillary could go up on stage and do a live version of our podcast. But this is your fault, isn't it? Your dad's success. Yes. It's totally your it's fault. It's totally my fault. And uh, yeah, I completely created this monster. I'm never tired of new ways of getting uh, humbled and depressed by it. I did my show in Los Angeles and, and I thought I'd had a really good gig and I came off stage and my American agent was there. And I mean, like the first thing he said after I'd come off stage was, do you think your dad would ever consider doing any live work out here? I was like, why are you asking me yeah. that? Like, could you not have at least like waited a day? to maybe just and send that as an email don't say it when I'm just fresh off stage like that really yeah that really brought me back down to earth very quickly (laughs) Um, I also had a situation in America that was so depressing where he got recognised and I didn't and these two American dudes walked past and then I overheard them having a conversation where he was like, oh, that's uh, that's the guy from Travels with My Father. And he's like, what's that? He's like, oh, it's a show on Netflix about an esteemed elderly English gentleman that travels the world with his doofus son. <laughs> <laughs> that's all I am now is the fucking doofus son. Amazing. So I'd be worried about that, that kind of shit coming yeah. out in the obituaries as well. Doofus yeah. son of Michael Whitehall <laughs> perishes in drugs overdose at Denver Hall. Hopefully not alongside any of the other esteemed actors <laughs> that are currently in residence. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back after this short break. This is an advertisement for BetterHelp Therapy Online. Goddess Charlie, you all right? You look a bit tense. What makes you say that? Well, <laughs> you're biting your nails and your leg is shaking like a horny chihuahua. Oh, yeah. Now you mention it, I do feel a bit stressed. Come on then, spill the beans to Auntie Kath. What's on your mind? That's the weird thing. I don't actually know. It could be the endless sleepless nights I spend strategising on how I'm going to get a ticket to Glastonbury this year, or it could be the triple espresso I necked to make sure I didn't fall asleep on the way to work. Blimey, goddess. Whatever it is, you should invest some time in getting to the bottom. 
bottom of it. You're right. It's no good letting things fester and get out of control, especially when it's so convenient to talk to therapists now. Ah, you mean our friends at BetterHelp? Precisely. It's entirely online and suited to your schedule. With over a 1,000 therapists in the UK already, BetterHelp can provide access to mental health professionals with a wide variety of expertise in mental health. And our listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash wake. That's betterhelp.com slash wake. Do you ever wonder how celebrities order food? Like, is Sarah Paulson a Diet Coke or a regular Coke girlie? <laughs> Some peasant Coke? No. Or how does Sofia Vergara order a pizza? No, not, no tomatoes. I cannot eat tomatoes. No tomatoes? Yes. Are you killed mushrooms? Not really. <laughs> if these are the details you need, and I know you do, I have the podcast for you. I'm Jesse Tyler Ferguson, and on my podcast, Dinners on Me, I take some notable friends of mine out to dinners in Los Angeles and New York City. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. That thing was delicious. So now we're going to move on to being reincarnated. So I want to know, would you be... Animal, vegetable, or mineral? I'd like to be a vegetable. Ooh. Yeah, I think I would like to be, come back as like a, a great big oak tree. Oh, and that's very good. Yeah, just be there. It's a tree of vegetable. Sort of. Oh, does that not count? Is oh, it no, mineral? but it does. No, it does. Of course it counts. It's... I just... I've just never thought of it as a... Are you thinking because it looks like a broccoli? Yeah, it looks like a big broccoli. Wait, it's more of a mineral, yeah? Oh, so Goddess Charlie thinks it is more of a mineral it's more than of a, a mineral. vegetable. Okay, yeah, it is more of a... It's more of a mineral. So it's sort of, sort of combo. Nice, yeah. why? Um, I just... I like trees. I like earthing. I like the idea that I could provide shade for people if a dog wants to go to the toilet on me. Nice. So be it. You know, I think they're very functional and they're elegant. Yeah. Yeah. I like yeah. climbing trees, tree houses. I had a little tree house when I was younger. Oh, fucking hell. So Posh kids, eh? A tree house. You didn't have a tree house? No, we didn't have an house. <laughs> what are you talking about now? <laughs> <laughs> fucking tree house. A Wendy house, maybe. No. No? It's a tree house on the ground. Yeah. I'm not trying uh, to put you on a guilt trip no. <laughs> from uh, having a very privileged life. Um, you can have a Wendy house now. Do many adults have Wendy houses? They're not called Wendy houses anymore, are they? Are they not? No, no. They're like David Cameron's shed, right? Oh, right. Yeah. A friendly house. A friendly house. <laughs> Jack, see, if I was your dad, sat here and go, now, here's, here's a new investment. <laughs> here's a new investment. This is what we should look friendly into. Friendly houses. Friendly houses. Let's take it on Dragon's Den, me and you, Kat. <laughs> <laughs> and my missing teeth. <laughs> We want five million pounds. <laughs> to, to make some friendly houses friendly for the kids. For the kids. Yes, might sound a bit dodgy, Jack. <laughs> Lovely listener, before we get into hearing all about Jack's perfect funeral, if you find yourself wanting more funny death-related content, head on over to our subscription podcast, Six Feet Under, where we have bonus content from our amazing guests and read through your real-life funeral tales. Plus, you get all episodes completely ad-free. So to find out how to subscribe, just go to where there's a will, there's a wake.com. Right, Jack, back to the fantasy world. So, it's happened, you're dead. It's the big day. The funeral. 
what you're going to do. What do you think it should be? Traditional, having it in a church or something more outdoorsy? What do you think? Um, well, I'd quite like a destination funeral. Oh, yeah? Yeah, a lot of my friends have destination weddings. And oh. I'm like, oh, yeah, maybe I could do that for the funeral and not have it in my local parish, but have an actual destination. But then I was thinking, I, I will... You know, I don't want to take the piss because it's annoying when people have a destination wedding and they have it like you know, fucking, you know, Go Malaga somewhere. or somewhere. Yeah, but I think as well, people have a destination wedding because they want to cull the guest list, and with the funeral, oh. I don't want to be culling the guest list. I want as many people there as possible. Right. Um. So I'll pick somewhere in the UK, and then I thought, oh, I know somewhere that would be great for my funeral. Yeah. I will pick the Peterborough Arena. Oh right! I have died there so many times. <laughs> <laughs> I think it would be a wonderful place. <laughs> to have me put to rest and die one final time. And what is it about Peterborough then? So why have you died in Peterborough so many times? Because it's an arena that is like not really an arena. Okay. Um, it's more like a big barn. Is Peterborough on, on the tour date list for your next tour? Alas, it is not. It has been omitted from the 2023 oh. tour. But I that was actually... I was up for going back there mm. and you know for me it's it's my Everest and I do want to one day <laughs> conquer the Peterborough <laughs> Arena and I really w I will one mm. day uh, but on this tour unfortunately the, the dates didn't work out but I will I will get back there and I will well you're going to have your funeral there I'm going to have my funeral there exactly you know exactly well I need to know how you're getting there so how are you going to get there mm, okay like, well horse, like, some people like a horse <gasps> and carriage or I think my mother used to drive me around because mm. I can't drive and I still can't drive. And when I first started doing stand-up, my mother used to um, taxi me to my gigs on the back of her pink Vespa scooter. Amazing. And she had a pink Vespa scooter as well because she had a, a normal scooter before and it kept getting nicked. And so eventually she got told by someone, if you buy a pink one, people don't steal it. Oh. So she had a pink one and she's had that for years. And she still drives around on her little Vespa scooter. You know... I'm ha fine with it now. Back then when I was sort of 18, 19, just starting out and going to gigs and there was all these like hardened comedians in the green room and then they'd hear toot toot and they'd look <laughs> out the window and I'd be there straddling my mother on the back of a pink Vespa scooter. Uh, I, I wasn't as enamoured with it, but I've grown to love it. And so I think that would be a nice way to um, to get to Peterborough nice. on the back of Hillary's scooter. Just the coffin just strapped. Yeah, strapped. to the back. Yeah. Nice. Well, we, we shall make sure we shall make sure that happens. And what about your pallbearers? Who's going to be carrying it from the scooter into the okay arena? I feel like this might be another treehouse moment where you might get a little bit triggered by my boshness. <laughs> A little bit, little bit jealous, a little bit angry. <laughs> a little bit angry. Go on. <laughs> because the first pallbearer is going to be Nigel Havers. Oh, but listen, we all love Nigel. We love Nigel. Yeah, yeah. So Nigel Havers would have to be there at the end because he was there at the beginning. Oh, I see. He was there at your birth. That's he was right. there at my birth and yeah. he was literally in the delivery room uh, of the Portland Hospital in black tie. Uh, because my father had told him that uh, his wife was going into labour, come down, uh, Hillary's giving birth, and he arrived like straight away because I think he was just <laughs> down the road and my dad wasn't necessarily expecting him to get there that quickly. Right. And I think then there was a lot of 
um, you know, sort of farcical shenanigans where various doctors thought that Nigel was the father of the child and uh, I think a gynaecologist offered him a pair of gloves at some point <laughs> and asked him to get involved. Uh, so, yeah, uh, I think given that he was there at the beginning, he should probably be there at the end. Mm. Um, but, uh, yes, I mean, not a man with necessarily particularly broad shoulders, quite a slight gentleman. He is quite a little petite thing, little isn't he? Little petite thing, mm. yeah. He's lovely. He's lovely, but he is petite. So I think he would probably need uh, some help with the heavy lifting. Mm. And to help him... (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Well, I mean, he's really good friends. (laughs) Well, maybe some of his panto chums could be there to help him. Oh, yeah. Paul Zerdin and Gary Wilmot. (laughs) Oh, nice. Oh, yeah, because he does the old, uh, he does the, the palladium, palladium. The palladium pan- pantomime, yeah. uh, which is great. And uh, he's got like a little posse of actors that do that. So, That's right, because Lovely Dawn does it sometimes. Lovely Dawn does it, yeah. yeah. Uh, Dawn French, yeah. I, 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 I've seen it. Yeah. Because I, I wasn't there to see Nigel. I was there to see Dawn. Dawn, yeah, yeah. And Nigel was a bonus. Yeah. And Gary Wilmot. Gary Wilmot. So, and I think they'd lift the spirits as well. Biggins. Mm. Oh, we'd have yeah. to have biggins if we're talking pantos. Well, we'll have to have biggins if we're talking any sort of thing, showbiz. Yeah. Because biggins, um, it don't matter where you go yeah. or what show you're seeing, or, uh, biggins is always there. Yeah, he's always there. And he's yeah, he's been at various shows of mine um, and appears at every single family function and birthday <laughs> and book signing and anything we do as a family. For some reason, Christopher Billings is always there. <laughs> so I feel like whether I want him at the funeral or not, mm. he's probably... He will be there. Be there. You've got to yeah. have a bit of biggins. Got to have a bit of biggins. I am slightly enamoured of that sort of old school slightly naff showbiz world Mm. and I think I would want a little bit of that at my funeral and I love pantos as well I like was obsessed with pantos when I was growing up and we used to go and see them every year I love the camp like pageantry of it all yes I also love how just like baffling it is to anyone that isn't British my friend told me a great story he's a, a director in in America, and his he's called Max Winkler, and his dad is Henry Winkler, the Fonz. Oh, nice! And he said, I, I was talking to him about um, London. He was like, "Yeah, I remember the first time I came to London. Uh, our dad, uh, who hadn't worked for a long time, uh, came home and he said that he'd been uh, booked to do a play in right. London's West End. And wow. we were like, Dad, that is amazing! <laughs> you're doing theatre work. Like, no one gives you a job, and then yeah. all of a sudden you're doing London's prestigious West End." And he said, all family, we flew over to London. We went to the Wimbledon Theatre and we watched my dad doing Captain Hook in pantomime. And everyone's jaw was on the floor. We were like, what the fuck is going on? We were expecting him to be in Hamlet. And he's chucking candy into the crowd. And they're singing show tunes. And it was one of the weirdest nights of my life. And giving his old catchphrases. I should have hey. <laughs> yes, I don't know how honest it was to the original text. <laughs> but I love the idea of that. And I love, like, whenever you try to explain pantomime to Americans, it's always so funny. I'd love to do panto as well. I really would. Oh, would you? Yeah, yeah, I really would. And I know, like, it, at the moment it would feel like a strange career choice, but it would, I don't know, it would, like, I'd love, I'd, it would really, really tempt me. Like, I would... 
Well, you should do the Palladium with Uncle Nigel. Yeah, but he's... Uh, and I now I've said this out loud as well. He's always trying to get me to do a panto <laughs> with him and I don't know whether I, I'm quite ready to do it yet, but I, I look forward to that. And, and music, what music do you want uh, played during your funeral, do you think? Well, oh, so I love quite cheesy music, so I think it would be a lot of cheesy numbers. Maybe a bit of Buble. I do like Michael Buble. I mean, he's not really kind of funeral vibes, but I'm sure he could do something a little bit more sombre. He's 17, I love... He's 17. I mean, it's not going to be at Christmas, but they could do like stay another day. But they're all in black um, puffer jackets instead of white puffer jackets. Oh, very good. So that would be a nice like little 90s throwback. Mm. That would be the music during the funeral. And then towards the end, if I wanted to pick up the vibe, maybe some DJs. Okay. Paul Chuckle. He DJs. He does a lot of the big student unions. And he's a friend of mine. He comes to a lot of my shows. There's quite a 90s theme to a lot of my yes. choices, really. Is that your child? When did you grow up? Yeah, oh, in the 90s. 90s. Yeah, 90s kid. I used to love the Chuckle Brothers. Mm. Uh, I actually have a signed photograph from the Chuckle Brothers in my lavatory. Oh, nice. So For, before, which one pegged it? Uh, Paul. Paul pegged it. But Barry. 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 Yeah. Barry pegged it. <laughs> that shows how much of a fan he really Barry. is. Barry. So Barry pegged it. Yeah. And Paul. Paul's now a DJ on the student circuit. Amazing. And he comes to my shows. Nice. Him and Biggins. See? Look, yeah. Look see, I think Hello are going to be all over us yeah, when they see with, this guest list. You're in with the in crowd, babe. In with the in crowd. There's right. also one detail that oh, on. I would also have. Yeah. Um, did you see the video of Wayne Lineker, the club promoter in Ibiza, that did the, could you call it a performance? The tribute uh, when the Queen died in his uh, day club, his oh, beach club in Ibiza. No, what did he do? So Wayne Lineker is Gary Lineker's brother. Yes. And he owns uh, various bars and clubs across Europe, including Lineker's Bar. Mm. The Queen died and Wayne Lineker obviously thought, right, we need to honour this moment. Okay. And so he arranged some dancers <laughs> to come into the club during the... Um, festivities yeah. and they were all it was like sort of sexy ladies yeah. but they were dressed as beef eaters <laughs> and they had the hats and they marched through the day club and then they did like a salute and they played God Save the Queen uh, but like a house remix and then there was like confetti cannons it went around the internet very quickly it was picked up by various news outlets as being in poor taste but I thought it was absolutely tremendous and so I would like a similar tribute to me organised by Wayne Lineker at my funeral well we will make sure we get in touch with Wayne yeah and make sure that that happens I would love that to happen you have to watch it it is mind boggling do you know what now I, I think it's bringing back a uh, horrible memory <laughs> I, I do think I saw it yes yeah. gee whiz he didn't get the call up for the coronation suffice no. to say I'm which sh- would have really like taking it to the next level I mean it would have been great if he yes. was suddenly there that he was invited to the coronation and those dancers came in you know during that lull when he was behind that yeah. sheet having a kneel and whatever oh, they that was going on behind like, there with swords like with Penny, swords. Penny Morden yeah. who's become the new wank fodder for <laughs> men of a certain, a certain age. age and uh, they should all come in with their Morden swords yeah Morden you know. swords yeah <laughs> right lovely so that's it. The funeral's done. But you, you before we go to the wait, you, you, you're you up there. You're at the pearly gates, you see. Yeah. Who do you want to greet you at the pearly gates? Maybe Barry Chuckle. There you go. The dead one. Indeed.
at the Chuckle Brothers. The, yes. So Paul's been doing DJing at the funeral, and mm. then I get up to the pearly gates, and I see Barry again. That's lovely. That's beautiful. And you could do the old catchphrase to me now. To you. To you. But it's on Paul, the, Paul would song. go to you, <gasps> and Barry and then, would oh, greet you to me. To me. From me to you. Beautiful. That's beautiful. It's such a nice image as that well, That is a lovely actually. image. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back after this short break. Right, I think we've got your lovely mum doing a eulogy now. Mm, great. Guess what? Jack's late. Way too chipper. We spent the whole of his life saying, Jack, you'll be late for your own funeral. And of course, he is. I suspect it's one of two things. He's either lost the keys to the pearly gates or he's wanting to WhatsApp St Peter and let him know that he's on his way but can't find his phone. So he's probably scrabbling around looking for it. Just as well he's not driving the hearse, because of course he never got that driving licence. But we will do what we always did. We will wait for him to arrive. And in the meantime, we will say, Jack, we love you. We salute you. We miss you. But hurry up. <laughs> she done a line. <laughs> Why is she so energetic? It's meant to be a eulogy. <laughs> she's thrilled to she's be part of the show. So ODD. <laughs> you know what that is? That she's uh, she's hoping that someone's listening to this podcast that books CBB's bedtime stories. Oh really? Yeah, yeah. She's trying to get a bit of fucking work. Yeah, a little bit of work. <laughs> Your family. Oh, I know. I know. Gee, whiz, they're gross. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was beautiful, lovely Hillary. I've met your gorgeous. She's lovely. She is. She's, she's not very gross. The lovely. other ones are, but she's wonderful. Yeah, no, no, I didn't mean that at all. Not at all. Well, that was beautiful, but... You know but... what your friend uh, Harry calls my dad? Oh, go on, what? Shit, Whitehall. Oh, does he? Yeah, he's got him saved in uh, his phone <laughs> as shit. And he showed it to me when I saw him last. I was like, I've still got this. Your dad's number is shit. And whenever he sees him, he's like, hello, shit. And he's like, I was like why, why is he shit? I was like, I could just tell back in the day when he was yeah. an agent, he was a real shit. Yeah. <laughs> well, Hillary is certainly not a no, shit. she's Mrs. Shit. She's Mrs. Shit, Mrs. Big... Big poo. She might as well save that eulogy for when you do actually peg it because it's it's probably going to be the truth, isn't yeah. it? Although I might ask as a esteemed director that you could possibly give her um, some direction to do it with a slightly more um, sombre read. Yes, I yeah. think maybe, yes, yes, we could we could lead, steer her in that y- way. Yes, yeah, this yeah. is your firstborn child. And he has died. And he has died. Of a massive drug Just cut the jollity. Yeah, cut the jollity. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, I'm going to be buried or cremated, do you think? I think we're going to have a jingle. Buried or cremated. I think I'd like to be cremated, or turned into some ashes, and because I, I would quite like to be fired out of a cannon. Oh, nice! Um, I'm a big Arsenal fan. Oh, as hello. You know. Yes. Walk past your house on the way to the game all the time. And That's think, it. Oh, there's Kath in uh, there, and he's very good because he knows not to knock. Because <laughs> he will not be let in. Not be let in. <laughs> <laughs> so I, yes, I would um, probably be fired out of a cannon as a sort of little nod to my arsenal. 
Oh, the gunners. The gunners, yes. Of course. I could even be fired out of a cannon, like, onto the, the wall of the Tottenham Stadium. Oh, yeah. yes, yeah, because they're both North London. Both North, bitter rivals. Yes. That'd be a good way to go. And Arsenal TV, are they going to be involved, do you think? I think I would like to have Arsenal fan TV, maybe. Mm. They could be outside the funeral, outside the Peterborough Arena, getting, like, live reactions. Nice. Interviewing like furious mourners. Oh, uh, well, like like when they interview the fans. Yeah, yeah exactly. We're, we're, yeah. We're, we're all a load of yeah. shit, yeah, man. Yeah, what was. the fuck? What was going on yeah, there? Fucking Biggins was all over the place. Yeah, fucking Havers. 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 No, we're not there. He didn't know what he was doing. Yeah. And that huge that eulogy. eulogy. Yeah, rubbish. Jesus rubbish. Rubbish. Yeah. So I. Yeah, I would like. Yes, I would definitely like Arsenal fan TV outside the Peterborough Arena. And then yeah, I'm gonna get cremated and loaded into a cannon. Nice. And so as you're not having a gravestone, because usually there'd be something written on a gravestone, so what about a plaque? Where I would, would you... like a blue plaque. Yeah. You would? And where, yeah. where would you like that? I'll have that outside my house. Oh, yeah? Yeah. But, yeah, just like Jack was here. Oh, nice. Just, you know, like classic sort of uh, <laughs> schoolboy graph style. Uh-huh. Um, uh, so I would quite enjoy to have a little blue plaque outside my house. Um we did it actually on Travels with My Father. It got ended up getting cut from the show, but I had an idea that we'd do a thing. My dad was born in Exeter, and uh, when we did the one around the UK, I was like, let's go and visit the house that you were born in, mm. and like it'll be a funny joke where you have made your own blue plaque to put up on the wall of the house that you were born in, and my father was like, oh, yes, I think that's a marvellous idea. <laughs> so we, we got this blue plaque made up with my dad, uh, and, you know, it was Michael Whitehall born... 1890 or whenever he was born uh, and uh, you know esteemed uh, theatrical agent and television personality and we drove all the way to Exeter to find the address of the house that he was born in and we got there and it was now a Chinese takeaway (laughs) and he wouldn't get out of the car he was like no no I've changed my mind I don't like this idea I was like no that's where it says on the map your house was so let's go we've made the blue plaque we've gone to all the trouble of it so I managed to get it off him and then went into the Chinese takeaway and gave it to the guy and he was very bemused I don't think he was was. a fan of the show Uh, but yeah he's got the blue plaque so if anyone's in Exeter in that Chinese takeaway and sees the blue plaque that's why it's there that's when michael whitehall was born born. how marvelous well now we're going to move on to the wake do you know who i bring in for the wake because i've already used up uh havers (laughs) chuckle (laughs) wayne lineker i think the only way that you could top that for the wake is I would get um, my dear friend Tom Skinner involved. Okay. Um, who is another sort of just random celebrity obsession that I have. Um, he is a, a gentleman uh, from the East End of London, big West Ham fan, uh, featured on The Apprentice, and has become somewhat of an internet personality. Oh, I know the chap you I mean. I absolutely love him. He's a lovely, lovely, lovely guy. He's so nice. Breath of fresh air. Yeah. Gets up. Them every day, six o'clock in the morning, and he heads down to Dino's Calf in yes. Spitalfields, where he has a 
like a curry for breakfast. Oh, does he? And then <laughs> goes in um, just grafts. He just loves grafting. Yeah. 110%. Um, and he's just an inspirational person. And I feel like he would be a great vibe at the wake to just sort of lift everyone's spirits and nice. also maybe bring some food from Dino's Caf. Yeah. Instead of cucumber sandwiches, we could have nice, delicious breakfast chow mains and mm. flat chips and, uh, you know, cottage flat, pie. Flat chips? Yeah, he, he likes flat chips. What do you mean, flat chips? Well, it's like a sort of round flat chip. I mean, I'm, I'm, it feels like I'm now describing a potato, yeah. <laughs> but I think they're called flat chips. Do you mean fat chips? Did he say fat chips? Maybe he said fat chips. Fucking hell, what an idiot. Boarding school, all that money, all that money, and he's... We had frit. We had skinny frit. We weren't, we weren't eating fat chips. And he thinks fat chips are flat chips. Flat chips. Gee whiz. Wow. So what is he, the master of ceremonies Yeah, he's the MC. Then? Yeah, yeah. Okay. He's there, he's just running the show. He's maybe trying to flog the odd trike or mattress as well yes. because hustle never sleeps even if hustle is at awake so jack we're almost at the end of the episode just like we've reached the end of your sad sorry pathetic life mm. thank you so much for joining us today and it's been absolutely brilliant hearing about your fantasy death and perfect funeral but before we release your spirit to the afterlife for all eternity we've got one more thing to add to your legacy so no pressure but what are your Please buy my DVD. <laughs> Even though they don't exist anymore. Uh, yeah, they don't exist. <laughs> Watch my special on Netflix. That doesn't really count as much because they didn't release any of the algorithms. So who gives a shit? So what would we say? Please just buy everything mm. I'm in. It's, it was mainly that DVD. Um <laughs> <laughs> You're still, you're still um, hurting about the lack still of hurting. sales. Still hurting about that the Kevin lack of Bridges sales. That, got more. that day, that day that I <laughs> bloody avoided all of those trees. Yeah, well, I'm a tree, aren't I? You are. So come, sit beneath me <laughs> and piss on me. <laughs> Climb me. <laughs> Climb me. Sit in my arms. <laughs> piss on me. Piss on me. Shake me. Shake me. For nuts. For nuts. And milk my nuts. <laughs> If you wish. <laughs> Lovely. Well, we'll have all tea. that on a, yeah. on a T-shirt for yes. you. Thank you so much, Jack. It's been lovely to see you. Well, lovely listener, we've come to the end. Or have we? Mmm, it's not over yet. We have more hilarious bits with Jack over on our subscription podcast, Six Feet Under, where we rifle through your real-life funeral anecdotes and take it to the grave with our guest in a new revealing quickfire game. A word you hate. Mmm, clammy. <laughs> it's actually the name of my first girlfriend at school. A clammy. <laughs> clammy. So don't fuck about. Head to where there's a world is awake.com to subscribe and we'll see you there. You've been listening to Where There's a Will, There's a Wake with me, Kathy Burke. This is a Sony Music Entertainment production. My senior producer is Charlie Morell, and my producer is Naya Dio, or as I like to call them, my goddesses. Sound engineering by Gulliver Tickle. Production coordinator is Archon Mohalay. Marketing by Abby Brock. Additional production and development from Chris Skinner. 
Original music written and performed by Jonathan Rathbone. The executive producer is Ollie Wilson. <laughs>